Hello there, and welcome to What You May Have Miffed. And today, we are stepping away from mythology and entering into history, and the rebellion of one of the biggest badasses from Britain, Boudicca. I have been doing a lot of reading about this legendary warrior queen for another side project, and coincidentally, we visited Colchester only a couple of weeks ago to visit some friends. Thanks Nicola and Ross for the tour. So I thought that an episode about Boudicca would be appropriate for the moment. Boudicca was married to a chap called Prosutigus, a client king to the Roman Empire that was currently being ruled over by Nero, and that is an important fact, as he doesn't last very long in this story. In fact, by the end of the next sentence, he's dead. He had no male heirs, and in the year 60 CE, he made it his last wish that his wife, Boudicca, would rule as client queen from the moment of his death, which happened not long after he made this statement. But the Romans were greedy, and decided that rather than share the wealth of the Iceni that Boudicca now ruled over, they quite fancied the lot for themselves. The governor of Roman Britain at that point was a man called Suetonius Paulinus, and he ravaged the Iceni tribe lands. At the time, he thought this would be a good idea, and the initial payoff was quite lucrative. They took whatever they could find, and to add violent insult to devastating injury, Boudicca was flogged, and her two daughters were assaulted by slaves. But what Paulinus hadn't reckoned with was the utter fury with which Boudicca would respond. Before we get to that, let's have a closer look at who Boudicca was. At the time the Iceni tribe were attacked by the Romans, Boudicca was around 40 years of age. Cassius Dio gives us a description of her in his histories. In stature, she was very tall and grim in appearance, with a piercing gaze and a harsh voice. She had a great mass of very fair hair, which she grew down to her hips, and wore a gold torque and a multicoloured tunic folded round her, over which was a thick cloak fastened with a brooch. She was clearly a striking figure. Her name derives from a Brythonic Celtic word, Buddha, meaning victory. Thus, her name literally means victorious woman, or she who brings victory. So definitely someone that Paulinus should not have crossed. The assault on her land and tribe, which were located in present-day Norfolk, was clearly an enraging episode in Boudicca's life, as it was this that set her on the path of violent destruction aimed directly at the Romans and anyone who allied themselves with them. She had now set her sights on Camulodunum, modern-day Colchester. Several thousand people lived in Camulodunum, but for the indigenous Britons it wasn't the best place to live. Famine and hunger were rife, and given that many of the taxes the Romans enforced were to be paid in grain, life was made all the more miserable. And then there was the fact that many of the young men were being forced to serve in the military, the very military that they hated and had fought against during the initial invasion twenty years previously. In the centre of Camulodunum, the Romans had built a temple to Claudius, the emperor who had ruled at the time Britain fell to the Romans. This was the reason that Boudicca had set her sights on Camulodunum as her first attack. And attack she did. Another nearby tribe, the Trinovantes, had joined with Boudicca, and together they marched on Camulodunum with a force of, according to some historians, nearly 100,000 warriors. The people of Camulodunum had no idea what had hit them, 
the Britons rampaged through the streets of the city, cutting down anyone and everyone who got in their path. There was no legion in the city at that time, and the only help the Romans received from Londinium was a meagre two hundred men. It was a brutal and violent slaughter, the streets running red with blood. Those who managed to escape the initial onslaught made their way into the Temple of Claudius, hoping against hope that their long-dead emperor would be able to save them. He couldn't. Those hiding in the temple were promptly found and killed. And then, so as to do the job properly, Boudicca burned Camelodunum to the ground. Today, archaeologists have found a scorched section of earth all over Colchester that they have called Boudicca's Lair, as they have managed to date it to back to around 60 CE and her destruction of the city. And this decimation of Camelodunum was just the beginning of her rampage across the land. Next, she sacked the Roman settlement of Londinium, which you have probably guessed by now is modern-day London. Once again, she and her warriors attacked and routed the settlement, killing any that stood against them and burning it to the ground. They then headed north to Verulamium, present-day St Albans, where they sacked, murdered and burned once again. The Britons were causing utter destruction to the Roman settlements all across the southwest, and Paulinus, who had so far been retreating, tactically of course, realised it was probably time to challenge her. And so the two forces met at the Battle of Watling Street, near what is now Nuneaton in the Midlands, at some point in 61 CE. Tacitus gives us quite a vivid description of how Boudicca and her daughters rode in a chariot at the front of her army, crying out to them in encouragement. The soldiers opposite them on the field had tortured her, tarnished the honour of her daughters, and that they were terrified where they stood to see such a force rising up against them. Paulinus, too, was calling out to his men, preparing them whilst exhorting about the superiority of the Roman legions over the empty menaces of the barbarians. It was a bold effort by the Britons. They charged at the conqueror's line, but they did so under a vast volley of Pelum, the Roman javelin, quickly followed by a second volley. Just these javelins caused an enormous amount of damage. If, by lucky chance, a javelin had hit a shield, it was impossible to pull out given the length of the tip so the soldier would have to abandon their own shield whilst charging at an impenetrable red wall. The efficiency and training of the Roman army won out over the horde mentality of the Britons. In such close quarters, the short swords of the Romans were much superior and could cut down Britain after Britain. To finish the job, the Roman cavalry came from behind, boxing the Britons in and massacring them. By the end of the battle, according to Tacitus, 400 Roman soldiers had been killed whilst 80,000 Britons lay dead in the dirt. But Boudicca wasn't among the dead. She had escaped, but there was no hope for her, as she knew that the Romans would soon be coming for her. And so, rather than getting captured and made a mockery of, she chose to end her own life with poison. Even so, Boudicca has cemented her place in the history of Britain, and also gave the Romans a lot to think about. Up until that point, the Roman settlements in Britain weren't the most heavily fortified, one of the reasons that the Iceni had found it so easy to burn three of them to ash. After the revolt, the Romans decided that maybe they should start building walls around their cities, just in case. Well, there you go. Boudicca the Badass, a powerhouse of British folklore, the warrior queen who stood against the might of Rome. If you're ever in London, then go and visit the statue of her riding the chariot that sits on the banks of the Thames. 
And I would also recommend a visit to Colchester, where the remains of the Roman wall are still visible, and I'd visit the castle as well, which is built on the remains of the Temple of Claudius. Anyway, now for On This Day in History, and we start in 1692, when the first people were accused of witchcraft during the ridiculous Salem witch trials in Massachusetts. In 1832, Charles Darwin walked through the tropical forests of Bahia in Brazil, describing the experience as being a transport of pleasure. And on the 29th of February, 1940, Hattie McDaniel became the first African-American woman to win an Academy Award for Gone with the Wind. And that's your lot for this week, but before I go, let me remind you that if there is a particular episode that you would like to hear, then you can drop me a message on TikTok or Instagram, or you can email me at themythspodcast at gmail.com. And if you head over to www.talesfromthetrunk.co.uk, then you can get started with exploring the world with Percy and Engelbert. For now, farewell, and you shall hear me again next week for another episode of What You May Have Mythed. Thank you.